Tuning in to the 223rd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane. As always, I want to thank you all for tuning in, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or whichever podcasting app or platform you are listening to me via. I'm going to have a great pod for all you guys today. Going to have Ben Karen on, host of the Sports Wobbler Podcast. We are going to preview week 10 of NFL action and preview. Week 11 of college football action. Some games have been postponed in the Big Ten and the SEC, but we're going to preview the games in college football that will be going on. And by the way, if you guys have not followed me on Twitter, do so. Check me out on Twitter, on social media, nighttrain underscore lane, at nighttrain underscore lane. Also, if this is your first time listening to the pod, do me a big favor. Click the follow or subscribe button. And uh, be a part of the show weekly uh, as we do this Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And just let everybody know on Monday we'll be doing what we have been doing throughout the NFL season, a NFL recap. We will recap Week 10 of NFL action uh, with Kenny Sims, scouting expert for 247 Sports. But with all that, kind of next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to have Ben Karen, host of the Sports Gobbler Podcast, kind of next, after the break. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Ben Karen with us, host of the Sports Squabbler Podcast. How you doing, Ben? I'm good. How are you tonight? I'm doing good. So, for this episode, we are going to have Ben on, and we are going to uh, preview Week 10 of NFL Action. We're also going to get into a little bit of college football action as well, Week 11 coming up there. But first... We can talk a little bit about the Thursday night game, Tennessee Titans versus the Indianapolis Colts. There was a lot on the line in terms of the Titans potentially pushing themselves more ahead of the Colts in terms of the division uh, standings for the AFC South. And the Colts being in a position now where they can win the division outright, which is very important for whoever gets a home playoff game and who could potentially be outside of the playoffs with teams like the Dolphins and Raiders looking there for the 7th and 6th seed respectively so just what did you think of the game then well i was a little bit surprised daryl that indianapolis um won by 17 points i had personally picked the titans to win the game uh even though i did say uh before the season started that the colts winning the afc south um so i was just surprised at the margin of victory by the indianapolis colts tonight but congratulations to them and their fans played pretty well is Tennessee overrated? I think maybe slightly. You know, the, the biggest problem that I see is the problem that I've always seen for them. You know, I've gotten dogged on a little bit for um, 
being critical of Ryan Tannehill, but tonight I think kind of confirms what I've been saying all along. My argument was never that Ryan Tannehill was a terrible quarterback, but he's not some star talent. You know, tonight that showed. 15 for 27 and 147 total passing yards with one touchdown. That's not an impressive number. Yeah, and... The game manager. No, and I agree. I, I'd agree. And it's... When they don't have the lead, they're a completely different team. Like, they play from... They're, they're at their best when they're going downhill, running it with Derrick Henry. Then they can go off a of play action with Ryan Tannehill. That, 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 that's the secret to the sauce in Tennessee. And if they're behind, that really doesn't work. You have to pass. DNs can start teeing off. Like, I just feel like their offensive line is a better run-blocking offensive line than pass-blocking offensive line. That's just not the way they want to play football. Like, they have a specific formula to win games against high-level opponents. And that, what we saw last night, is not the formula. Yeah, 100% agree. And I think this was just one of those games where they kind of fell into a hole earlier in the game, and they're never able to get themselves out. Um, you know, especially they, they just completely got ousted once the second half started right off the uh, bell. Um, you know, and Indianapolis really, I think, beat them in all three phases tonight. Special teams came up, had a punt block for a touchdown. That always helps as well. Those small kind of contributions from special teams are very crucial in games like this. So are you higher on the Colts now? How do you feel about the Colts now, Ben? I think my, my opinion of them remains the same. We saw on Sunday when they played that there's still kind of a, a difference in tiers between that top tier in the AFC and where the Colts are. So, you know, I think the Colts are going to be a playoff team, but ultimately I don't think they're making an AFC championship appearance or anything like that. See, I would agree with you, and I think it's interesting when we talk about tiers, right? Uh, and I do want to talk about this quickly before we get to our predictions. To me, I don't think there's any team that can beat the Kansas City. Like, to me, what that game reaffirmed to me is that all things being equal, none of these teams in the AFC are beating Kansas City. Like, what we saw last night, I mean, I mean tonight, that's not the way. I mean, I know Pittsburgh's undefeated, but... Pittsburgh's had a couple of close games against some subpar teams. I, I think there's some concerns with Pittsburgh. We have to wait till they face a team like Kansas City to see what they can do. I, I just feel like when the best is needed, these teams can't beat Kansas City. I think that Baltimore and Pittsburgh could on a good day, and obviously we know the Las Vegas Raiders are capable of beating them. Uh, but as far as like the Colts and the Titans go, I'm not seeing it. I think Kansas City's the kind of team that can that can roll out real early and just start putting up the points. We've already talked tonight about what happens to the Titans when they get behind. And to be honest with you, Daryl, I'm not sure I really trust the Colts when they get behind either. So if we were going to do tiers in the AFC, let's do this really quickly. Who would be your tier one? So we're going to have Kansas City, obviously, probably Pittsburgh, and, you're, and Baltimore, right? Is that your top three? Okay, and we can call those Super Bowl contenders. Let's just call those Super Bowl contenders because those are three teams that I that, that and they wouldn't surprise me either. That could be that could represent the AFC, 
Now, then there's that second level of teams. Uh, and maybe we can call these teams contenders to maybe make an AFC championship game or upset one of those contender teams, right? Uh, a Buffalo. Uh, I put Buffalo in there. I guess we could put Tennessee in there. Any other teams you'd put in there? I would put Las Vegas in there. Okay, Las Vegas. So are you okay with Buffalo and Tennessee being in there? Yes. Okay, and is that all you'd have? Would you have the Colts maybe, the Browns, or no? I don't think so. Okay. Even though the Colts won tonight. And then there is a third tier, which we can just call them teams that will be in the playoffs. So... Or could potentially be in the playoffs. So right there, you have the Colts. Uh, there's the Dolphins. There's the Browns. Is that what you say the third tier is for you, too? Yeah, I would say that's pretty much what I'm thinking at this point, based on what we've seen. Okay. Now, actually, we can do this, too. We can, we can do the NFC, and I know the NFC is probably a lot more jumbled, too. But if you were going to do a tier for the NFC contenders, who would be in that tier? Well, I think I'd probably have more teams at the top. I, You know, probably four teams at the top. I'm thinking right off the top of my head, Seattle would be up there, Green Bay, uh, New Orleans, and probably Tampa Bay. So who would be that second tier? Where would you have those second tier teams? Uh, right now, probably the Cardinals would be in the second tier. Rams. I'm looking at the Rams. Yep, they'd be in there. Um, maybe, maybe like the Minnesota Vikings. I know they're, yeah, the playoffs a little bit of a long shot, but I do like where they're going. Dalvin Cook is a powerhouse. And then the third tier, if we're going to do a third tier with the Bears, the, you know, I'm thinking the Bears. Bears, um, probably the Eagles. I mean, assuming that they win that division, or whoever comes out of the NFC East. <laughs> maybe the maybe the Panthers. Probably the 49ers. Although I think I'd have them a lot higher if they're fully healthy. Okay. So, heading into the third quarter of the year, we have so that would make seven contenders, right? So we have the Chiefs. The Steelers, the Ravens, the Packers, the Seahawks, the Buccaneers, and the Saints. So we have seven teams. Should be interesting. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And then kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Stuff, we're going to get into week 10 of NFL action. Kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports Talk, and we still have Ben Karen with us, host of the Sports Squabbler Podcast. So now we're going to get into Week 10 
NFL predictions. So, Ben, I'm going to start this off. We have the 3-4-1 Philadelphia Eagles at MetLife Stadium to face the 2-7 New York football giants. Ben, what do you see happening? Well, I think it's going to be a close, low-scoring game. That's what I see happening. I, I do think in the end, Philadelphia is going to get the win. I think we're looking somewhere in the neighborhood of 20-17. to 17. Giants have shown us, Daryl, they show up for these games. They play hard. They're just not really talented right now. Yeah, I would agree with you, and I actually think Joe Judge, the head coach, I think he's done a very good job of getting this team to play. Like, I don't know if Daniel Jones is the guy, but I, I'm comfortable that Joe Judge is getting the team in the right direction. But in terms of the game, I'm going to go opposite of you. I'm going to go with the Giants. I'm going to go with a little chaos. Uh, I think this is going to be a very close game. I think this is going to be a game in the margins. And what have we known Carson wants to do? Not make good plays when the game is in the balance. Turn the ball over. Fumbles. Turnovers, which can be killers for you. I think this is going to be, like you said, a 20-17 uh, to 17 game, a 20-23 to 23 game. Uh, that type of game we saw, how the Giants, how well they played against Tampa. I, I think that the Giants, I think they're going to play really well against the Eagles. I think they realize this, right? Like, they win this. They're really back in this race for the division. So I'm going to go with the New York Football Giants 20-17. Carson Wentz having a couple of turnovers. Now, next up we have the 1-7 Jacksonville Jaguars at the 6-2 Green Bay Packers. Ben, what do you got for me? Well, I'm going to go with the Packers, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. One of these teams has something to lose and one doesn't. So when you look at it that way, Jacksonville is going to Green Bay. It's like playing with free money, house money. Um, I think we're going to see something in the neighborhood of like 30 to 26 Green Bay. But I don't think Green Bay is blowing this team out. Yeah, Ben, I'm going to have to disagree with you on this. I'm going to go with Green Bay, and I'm going to go with Green Bay fairly handily. I think Green Bay is going to put up at least 40. I think we can see Jacksonville put up 25, 26 just points, maybe 30. I, I just think Green Bay is going to get on a lead, get a lead, and when they get a lead, they're going to rush that passer with the Smith brothers. Uh I think it's going to cause some turnovers on the offensive end uh, with Gardner Minshew kind of rushing a little bit. Uh, and we're going to see Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devonta Smith, they're going to put up points like that. So I, I think this is a game that could potentially get a little bit out of hand. And the Packers can be explosive. When they get up on you, the Packers are a very dominant team. So I'm going to go with Green Bay 40-24 uh, to uh, 24 for Jacksonville. Now, next up, we have the 2-6 and six Washington football team at the Detroit Lions. What do you see happening at Fort Field, Ben? Well, I think for the first time, maybe this year, I'm going to go with the Lions in this one. And I think the Lions are going to win 30-20. I just think the Lions have a little bit more talent, you know. I'm not a big Matthew Stafford fan, but he has been stable for the Lions over the course of time. And right now... That stability at the quarterback position is something Washington only wishes they could have. 
And I think that makes a big-time difference in this game. Yeah, I think we need to realize what where Washington is with their quarterback situation. Their first-round pick at quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, he's immature. They had to bench him. Uh, then you have uh, Allen, who is hurt. And then you have Alex Smith, who is now their starter, who has not played in like three years and had a horrific leg injury when we, where we wondered if his leg would be amputated. And he threw one touchdown and three interceptions, and everybody's throwing a parade. I know part of that's because of the comeback story, but that's like that's the best production they're getting at the position, and that's not very good production. Like that's who they're relying on. Like that's not very good. When that is your option at quarterback, that is not good for your roster. Your coach, your GM, your players cannot sleep well at night knowing that. So I'm going to go with the Lions. I think they're going to mix some things up defensively. I still think Alex Smith is rounding back into form. Like, I don't even expect him this year to be the same. Maybe next year. Like, it's going to be a little bit of a progression here. And I think Detroit's going to win somewhere along the lines of uh, a 23-20 to type of game. But I'm going to go with Detroit. Yeah, I think Alex Smith will play a lot better than he played last weekend. But I I don't think it's going to be enough. I mean been gone for so long now i agree i think it's going to take some time for him to get back into into nfl mode and they always say with injuries like that it, it takes time just to heal from the injury but then it takes like another year just to get it back in the groove of things of being at that elite level and dealing with that type of speed yeah like it, i think uh, you know i mean lions have a defensive coach and matt patricia i actually think this is one of those games where he comes up with a game plan uh, that's going to put the Lions in a favorable position. Yeah, and uh, it's not easy being out of football for, for, for a couple years. Like, that is not easy. Like, <laughs> definitely not easy. So I think it's going to I think it's gonna take an adjustment, and I think that's going to kind of hurt the Washington football team. So next up we have the 2-6 and six Houston Texans at the 5-3 and three Cleveland Browns. For me, Ben, just to put this in perspective to paint this picture, this is a uh, put-up-or-shut-up game for Cleveland. I think we're going to kind of find out who Cleveland really is. Are they still the Clowns, or are they finally the Browns, right? Because this is a Texans team that is highly explosive with Deshaun Watson. They can put up some points. And this is the type of game where if Cleveland wants to be that playoff team, if they want to sneak in as a seventh seed, maybe go on a run, even though we just had them earlier in the show, we didn't have them as a contender. But if they want to be that type of team, this is the type of team they have to beat. Like, they, they can't lay an egg and Deshaun Watson plays really well and this is a super high-scoring game. That can't happen. But I think it is going to happen because the Browns are still the clowns. So I'm, think this, I'm thinking this is going to be similar to how the Cleveland and Dallas game went where Deshaun Watson brings it home in the end. I think this is going to be super high-scoring. I'm going to go with the Houston Texans 35-38. to 38. Well... I agree with pretty much everything you said as far as what's on the line in this game. I think really, I mean, if the if the Browns lose this game, they're probably not making the playoffs. And this is a trap game. This is a trap game. Because Houston, Houston can... Houston can play. I mean, yeah, they're, they're a very talented team. I think the Browns right now, they're, they're about to round that corner, Daryl. You know, it's like they're at the light with their blinker on. 
I think they're going to make the turn this weekend. I like Cleveland at home to win the game. I think it's going to be tight, but I think they find some way to get it done. I'm looking somewhere in the neighborhood of like 38-31 Cleveland. I think they'll just keep Kareem Hunt and try to keep Deshaun Watson off the field. Now next we have the 6-3 and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers at... The three and six Carolina Panthers. Now, first of all, Ben, I have to ask you: How shocked were you uh, with the Saints did the to the Buccaneers? What happened to the Buccaneers on Sunday night? I, I was stunned. I think the the Buccaneers didn't even really show up for that game with with a good game plan. I mean, honestly, I think it starts at the coaching level. I don't even think it's necessarily on the players. Um, when you run the ball five times, that's not balanced offense. That you're not going to do anything. You know, the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Daryl, they have to get back to running the football. They have Ronald Jones Jr. They have Leonard Fournette. They have the guys to do this. I think they have the offensive line to do it. And I see them this weekend running the football, being committed to being back in balance as an offense. And then I think, you know, Tom Brady's going to play a lot better. And... I think the Buccaneers actually blow the Panthers out. I think this game is going to be like a 35-17 kind of game. Yeah, I was shocked, too, that the Buccaneers laid such an egregious egg. Uh, any any Antonio Brown factor here? First game shooting up? Does anything to do with it? I don't think so. I think <laughs> the narrative in this game is going to be running the football. And I think they're going to grind it out on the ground. I think it's going to be a big day running the football for the Bucks. Now, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with uh, Tampa, 28-17. I think they're going to play angry. Uh, they got embarrassed on national TV. And Bruce Arians, he's a vocal guy. He already criticized Tom Brady right after the game. Like, he's going to let him know. Like, they got their manhood snatched on national TV. Like, that's embarrassing. Like... I know that's not with Tom Brady, Mike Evans, uh, Antonio Brown is his first game back, right, in the spotlight. That's not all what they wanted. That's not what they wanted. So I think we're going to see a little bit of a revenge tour. I think what they're going to do is they're going to kind of shove it up the face of a division rival who's pretty tough and who's been playing solid football in the Carolina Panthers, and I think they're going to win. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than you think, uh, but I think it's going to be a 28-17-ish type of game where um, Brady and co. get back on track. Now, next up, we have the 2-6 Los Angeles Chargers at the 5-3 Miami Dolphins. Props to Brian Flores and what he's doing with Miami. So, I'm going to go with the Dolphins uh, to go 6-3. I think this is going to be a battle of rookie quarterbacks. I think this is going to be very interesting and entertaining. I think what it's going to come down to is I think two is not going to make the mistakes that Justin Herbert is. I think Justin Herbert... uh, is going to keep playing well as he is, but he's young. I, I think he's not as necessarily pro-ready as a guy like Tua was coming out of the draft. I think we're going to see a, a stat line of maybe like 400 yards passing but and like three touchdowns, four touchdowns from Herbert, but I think we're going to see a couple picks uh, while I don't see that from Tua. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins 38-34 to 34 and uh, getting 6-3 and three and staying in that uh, wild card hunt. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Daryl. I like what I'm seeing from the Miami Dolphins. They've hooked me in in the past, 
but but I really feel strongly about it this time around because I think they've actually got a really solid quarterback moving forward into the future. And I think it's just going to be a fun game. You know, let's see Tua and Herbert go at each other. Um, I think it's going to be a shootout. I'm looking at 35-31. I think Tua's going to have the ball with two minutes left, and I think he's going to take him down the field to score the game winner. Who do you think is going to be better, Ben? Tua or Herbert? At the end of the game, I think Tua is going to be more accurate. Herbert might finish with more yards. No, I meant uh, in the future. Like, who do you think is going to be the better pro? Well, from what I've seen... I have, I have, I have been. I mean, he's undefeated right now. Or have you been impressed with Herbert? Herbert has played better than expected. Uh, he's got a big arm. But he just has to find ways to get the job done. And I did feel terrible for him on Sunday. That is a heartbreaking way to lose a game. And even though I'm not a big Justin Herbert guy, that was just heartbreaking for me. Out of watching go through that because the wide receiver really should have caught the ball. No, I completely agree with you. I'm surprised you don't like Herbert more. I mean, West Coast, you're West Coast. I, 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 I just don't see. I just don't understand what, how you can't love him. The Chargers are pretty irrelevant out on the West Coast. <laughs> That's true. I mean, they're like the what tenth team in California. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, there's the Lakers. There's the. <laughs> UCLA, UCLA basketball, USC football, uh, the Clippers, uh, Stanford, uh, <laughs> God, Stanford, Cal, uh, uh, LA Galaxy soccer, uh, the Dodgers. Oh my God, I'm forgetting about the Dodgers. Lord have mercy, the Dodgers are definitely a bigger deal than the Chargers. Like the Rams, like yeah, it's just it's a little bit hard. They're not a super popular team right now, but I think. With Justin Herbert, they're moving in the right direction. So next up, we're gonna have uh, the three and five Broncos at the five and three Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to go with the Raiders. I'm on the bandwagon at least for this week to go to six and three. The Broncos. This is a this is a tailbend of what you call the somebodies versus the nobodies. The Broncos are going nowhere, and the Raiders are going somewhere. And I think they will recognize that. I think this is going to be a tough divisional game, though. But I'm going to go with the Raiders 24-27. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you. I'm going with the Raiders 27-17. I think we're finally starting to see some chinks in the armor for Drew Locke fans. I mean, he can certainly play, but he's got a ways to go before his game gets polished. And I just really like the Raiders with uh, Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs and John Group. I think they're going to be in control of this game probably for the entire second half. How have you liked Drew Locke so far? Do you, do you think he's the guy in Denver? I don't know, uh, to be honest with you. I need to see more. Sometimes he looks really good, and sometimes... He really doesn't. So, you know, just see a bigger sample size. I'm not sold on him right now. I know some guys in the media, they really like him, guys like Colin Coward. Um, but for me, I'm not sold on him yet. I need to see more. So next up, we're going to have my 7-2 and two Buffalo Bills at 
the five and three Arizona Cardinals. Now, Ben, you hated on my team last week. I mean, so did I. I picked them to lose too, but you picked them to lose. What do you have to say for yourself, Ben? Well, you know, when you're wrong, you're wrong. And I was wrong to pick the Seahawks over the Bills. <laughs> However, I will say this. Seattle needs to run the football. When you run for a total of 57 yards and that's all you get, that's not enough to beat anybody. And you can't put that kind of pressure on Russell Wilson. Seattle needs to find a way this weekend to run the ball. Buffalo managed to shut down um, some of the guys on Seattle's depth chart. They've got some injuries at running back right now. And Seattle's defense, Daryl, Seattle's defense needs to play a lot better, too. I was kind of surprised at how, how easy it was for the Bills to score points. How, how much of that game do you think was because of, you know, traveling from coast to coast, and obviously because of COVID, these teams, I think they have to go the day before. Uh, they can't stay there for weeks like they would normally, like, to get time to adjust. How much do you think that had to do with that game? I don't think it had much of anything to do with it. I think that would be to make an excuse for the Seahawks. Seahawks got their butt totally kicked. It's probably the worst game I've seen them play in the last two years. Was the Seahawks game more shocking or the Rams game more shocking? Um, well, for me, it was the Seahawks game because that's the one I was focused on. But they were both shocking. So, to go to the uh, Cardinals-Bills game, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Uh, you mentioned that uh, you didn't want to make an excuse for uh, the coast-to-coast travel. I'm going to make an excuse for the Bills right now. Uh, I think it is going to be difficult traveling from coast-to-coast. I think they're going to be coming off an emotional one against the Seahawks. I think this is going to be a bit of a downer. also think the Cardinals recognize they got to keep pace in this division. It's kind of getting jumbled. You have the Rams and you have the Seahawks. And also the 49ers are still there lurking. Like The 49ers could kind of pull some things off, and then next thing you know, they're in the hunt too. So I think Arizona's going to need this game more. I think they're going to come out uh, with a blaze. I think we could see them up like 14-17-0. I think Buffalo will come back uh, as the game uh, goes on. But I'm seeing this being a 35-42 to type game. I think this is going to be very, very high scoring. For fantasy people out there, I think people are going to love this. Even though I think Ben is going to lose some hair during this game. I might lose some hair too. But I think it's going to be really fun and entertaining football. Particularly to see Kyler Murray and Josh Allen go at it. I, I think the Bills are going to win this game. That's my opinion. Um, I actually think the Cardinals are a lot like the Seahawks. When you look at those two teams, each of them, a couple elite wide receivers, mobile quarterbacks, neither team known for playing defense. I, I think the Bills implement essentially the same kind of game plan that they just implemented. Um, and, and I think they bring that to Glendale when they play the Cardinals, and I think they walk out with a win. I'm going to go with Buffalo 40 and Arizona 28. So next up we have the 4-5 and five San Francisco 49ers at... The 6-2 New Orleans Saints. Now, last time we saw New Orleans, they dominated and decimated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which put a shock to all of us in the football world at large. 
this could be a downer game. I'm not going to say it is. Uh, I think the Saints are going to win another close game as they've been doing all season long. Besides when they play Tampa Bay, when it seems to be that's their like best game of the year, right? Uh, they're close against the Chargers, close against the Panthers, close against the, the Lions and the Bears, everybody else. But it's like, Tampa Bay, we got to blow them out. And I think this is going to be uh, no different. I'm going to go with the Saints beating the 49ers 17-20. to I'm going to go last second field goal. I'll go with the Saints, too. I think the Saints are going to blow the doors off the 49ers. San Francisco's injured right now. They've really not looked very good, and New Orleans Saints have a motive to beat them for losing last season to them. So I'll go with the Saints 41 and the 49ers 24. Could this potentially be the Saints turning a corner and going on a run? Well, I think they're already on a run. I think they've won five or six in a row here. So, um, But, yeah, I think the streak continues. So next up we're going to have the 6-2 and two Seahawks at the 5-3 and three Rams. Ben, break it down. Well, I told you that Seattle had to start running the football, Daryl. And unfortunately, I don't think they're going to be able to run the football on the Rams. So, um, in light of that, in light of the fact that I'm anticipating Aaron Donald's going to be chasing Russell Wilson around all afternoon, I will go ahead and pick the Rams in this game in a slugfest 24-23. Now, the interesting thing about this game is, Ben, if the Rams beat the Seahawks, they have the same record. Right? Like, this changes everything. Because four or five games ago, we're talking about Seattle being the one seed and getting a bye. This could potentially put them on the road for Wild Card Weekend. Like, this is a big game, Ben. It, it is. However, with, with the way the pandemic is playing out and the fact that a lot of these stadiums might not have fans or a lot of fans, I don't think the home versus road uh, situation matters as much this season. Well, I, I would agree. For Seattle, and that, you know, we anticipate that uh, they might lose to the Rams this weekend. Well, I would agree with you, but I think it matters in terms of you get to sleep in your own bed. Uh, I think your routine's a little bit different, and I think if you have the bye, that's another week to get your guys healthy, and that's another week you don't have to worry about potentially losing and you get extra scout prep. You know, it's not a foregone conclusion they're going to be the one seed. The Saints are out there. The Packers are out there. Um, but if that's something they want, they certainly have to find a way to win this game. Who do you think could use the one seed more? The most in the NFC. Who could use it most in the NFC? Well, I'm going to I'm going to say that that would probably be the uh, New Orleans Saints, honestly. Drew Brees... <laughs> The oldest quarterback out there, um, with the exception of maybe Tom Brady, and I think that um, that he could really benefit the most, probably for a little bit of extra time for his body to heal up. Now, for me, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Thirty-one to twenty-four. I think Russell Wilson is going to make a big MVP case and big MVP statement. 
on Sunday. I think the Seahawks recognize this game. They need this game. I think if the Rams go to 5-4, and four, it doesn't hurt them as much. I think if this goes to both these teams are 6-3, and three, I think this changes everything in that division. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Now, next up we have the 6-2 and two Ravens at the New England Patriots. Who are three and five? Ben, what do you see happening? Well, this is the one game I'll tell people to not bother watching because it's going to be a bloodbath. Baltimore is going to show up in there, and, and, and it's going to look like that playoff game about a decade ago or so, where they got up in the first quarter about twenty-one nothing and never looked back. The Ravens are better, better, just all-around football team than the Patriots, and that's going to show up. And you know, Bill Belichick is probably the better coach, but. We know that John Harbaugh has had some success up at Foxborough before. So I think uh, when it's all said and done, I'm looking at Ravens 41, Patriots probably 17. Ben, we see this game very different. I'm going to go with the Patriots. I'm staking my name on this right now. I'm going with the Patriots. The Patriots have not been that bad. They were very close to beating the Bills. They did lay an egg against Denver, which I can't explain and still probably won't be able to explain. San Francisco was an egg as well, uh, but they were close against Seattle. Like, the Patriots are not that bad. Like, they're not that bad. They beat Miami in the beginning of the year, and we see how good Miami is. I think the Patriots are a good team. Uh, I think Bill Belichick's going to come up with something to defend the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, hell, Lamar Jackson, if you listen to him, the ESPN had quotes saying Lamar Jackson's saying, are teams know our offensive plays. So if, if Lamar is saying that, I think Bill Belichick probably can figure out something. I think they're going to find a way to stymie him and slow him down a bit. I think this is going to be a very, very close physical game. I'm going to go with New England 19-17. to Wow. Hey, Ben, we got to pick some up. I mean, I, listen, the Patriots are not that bad. The Patriots are not that bad. So also we have the two and five and one Cincinnati Bengals at the eight and zero undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh going to nine and zero. I think Pittsburgh is going to win this thirty-five to I'll say fourteen. Thirty-five to fourteen. Um, I think Burrow's going to see a tough defense. I think they're going to get after him a little bit. Uh, he's going to make some rookie mistakes. And just not ready for the stage. Yeah, I, I I'm there with you on this one. Uh, game is at Heinz Field, so it's a road game for the Cincinnati Bengals. I see Pittsburgh going to nine and zero. What I think they're going to do is um, win thirty eight or yeah, I'll say thirty eight twenty eight probably. I think they're going to win by about ten. Uh, I think right off the bat. Uh, that run defense is is really going to basically take Joe Mixon out of the game. And then I think uh, the Pittsburgh defense is going to kind of lean on uh, Joe Burrow until he makes a mistake. How sold are you on the Pittsburgh Steelers as an undefeated team, as the only undefeated team? I, I'm not very sold on them because I still don't think they've played very many good opponents. I mean, sure, they beat the Ravens, but outside of that... You know, who else did they beat with a winning record? They beat the Titans. 
although the Titans haven't looked very good tonight. So um, I'm not sold yet, but I do think that they will be 9-0. and And we have Monday night, the 3-5 and Minnesota Vikings at the 5-4 and Bears. Ben, I'm going with Minnesota. Minnesota could easily get back in the playoff. Like, Minnesota has a very easy schedule. I think we all know that Minnesota's probably better than their 3-5 and five record, and the Bears are probably a little worse than their 5-4 and four record. I think that's going to come to a meeting of the minds. I think Dalvin Cook is going to go off. For people playing fantasy football, start Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is a, is a monster. Uh, he's making a case to be the best running back in the NFL, by the way. Uh, so I'm going to go with... The Vikings, I'm going to go with the Vikings. Hmm, 29-28, I'll say that. 29-28, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I think Vikings are going to win this by a mile. I, I think we're looking more in the neighborhood of 35-10. to 10. I don't think the Chicago Bears are going to have any answer for Dalvin Cook. I think right now he is the best running back in the NFL. I agree with you start him if he's on your fantasy team and I also think if Chicago starts trying to you know load the box then they just bounce it outside to Justin Jefferson we know he's a playmaker that can blow the top off defenses and that Thielen too Thielen is out there Rudolph is out there Minnesota has plenty of weapons on offense and their defense I think is a little bit underrated so I like Minnesota to win big on Monday night could we see the Vikings get up early, and could we see a Mitch Trubisky sighting? I don't know. I don't think it matters. You know, I <laughs> we, we could see a Joe Montana in his prime sighting for the Bears, and I don't think it's going to matter. way better than these guys. And isn't it crazy that the Bears have a better record? It is. The Bears' record, I think they're kind of fraudulent. I would agree with you there. Now, we're going to take a quick break and then come next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We are going to preview week 11 for college football. Come next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. state championship game appearances very few high major recruiters looked at the six foot tall 180 pounder and said quarterback oh we're back with barbershop sports talk and we still have ben karen with us host of the sports squabbler podcast before, we were just uh, previewing week 10 of NFL action. Now we're going to get into college football. And as uh, me and Ben were talking about a little bit off air, we can preview all these games, but COVID's undefeated because there's going to be a lot of college football games that aren't played on Saturday. Uh, so just, Ben, just talk about a little bit of the bummer that you're not going to be able to see some of these SEC teams. I know the Aggies aren't going to be playing. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a complete bummer when you look at it. Three of the uh, top five teams in the nation are going to be sidelined this weekend uh, due to COVID. And then uh, on top of uh, Alabama, Ohio State, and Texas A&M, you know, Georgia's not going to be playing. Auburn's not going to be playing. Um, Cincinnati's going to be playing, though. I think it just really whittles down 
the amount of excitement for the weekend. It's uh, like a buzzkill before the weekend even gets started. But Ben, Cincinnati's going to be able to play. They're playing Tulsa. Well, technically, that's on a Friday night game. That's tomorrow night. <laughs> so you're still going to get to see that, though. They're actually playing East Carolina. Oh, they are? Yeah, yeah. Well, at least you're going to get to see Cincinnati play. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I'm probably going to find something better to do. Like, almost anything would be better. Lord have mercy, Ben. Also, uh, I was looking at this. Uh, so, for the college football, uh, the New Year's Six Bowl, they're potentially going to be a delay amid COVID-19. What would you think about that, Ben? New York Six I, Bowls delayed. I think at this point in time, they don't even really have a choice. I think that if they want to make the college football season happen, then that's really their only option. Because otherwise, it's going to be a mess. You have the Pac-12 that just started, you know, and and they're not going to probably get that many games in. Um, The Big Ten just started not too long ago. And then you have some of these other games that are, you know, pretty critical as well. LSU versus Alabama in the SEC, Tennessee versus Texas A&M. You know, so all of these games uh, need to be played if we're going to head to the bowl game season. So I, I think it's their only choice, but it is going to be a complete bummer to not be able to kick back and enjoy those bowl games when we're all off for the holidays. So let's start. Let's start with the Big Ten. Tenth ranked. How, ben, how crazy to say we're calling Indiana 10th in the country? It, it's stunning. I mean, they've just had an amazing season so far. It, a very amazing three-game season, Ben. It's been a great three. <laughs> hey, it's, it's the, the best three-game season a team could want. Yeah, uh, that, that is very true. Uh, the 10th-ranked Indiana University versus Michigan State, who's 1-2. What do you see happening, Ben? I see the Hoosiers continuing to roll, Daryl. They've proven to me that they can beat some good teams. I think Michigan State's going to be up for the challenge. But at the end of the day, I will go with Indiana in this game. And I think that Indiana's going to win by a touchdown. I'm going to go with Michigan State from last week. They got blown out last week. A lot of talk was of Michigan and Jim Harbaugh because of, you know, the now they got taken to the woodshed by Indiana, but uh, Michigan State got embarrassed last week, so I think they're going to want to right the wrong of that. So I'm going to go with Michigan, twenty-eight to uh, thirty-one to twenty-eight. But what's really interesting is this: Ohio State has their game postponed. I think it might end up being canceled, if I'm not mistaken, at this moment. Uh, if all these teams go undefeated in the Big Ten, Indiana could usurp Ohio State and play for the Big Ten championship, Ben. By virtue of record. I don't think it would ever happen because that's why I tell you, like, I think they legitimately have to play these games to even have a bowl season. Well, no, I'm saying if they decide to cancel, if Ohio State does not make up their game and they finish and these both these teams are undefeated and let's say Indiana is 7-0, and Ohio State is 6-0, and Indiana is going to get the nod for the East. Well, at some point in time, Indiana is going to have to play Ohio State. What answer that game gets canceled, too. Yeah, well, Hoosiers <laughs> might be in business. 
Ben's like, they can't run forever. <laughs> now, next up, we're going to have uh, 13th ranked Wisconsin versus 1 and 2 Michigan. This could get start getting really ugly, Ben. Really ugly in Ann Arbor. Please tell me it's not going to get ugly. I can't do it, Daryl. <laughs> I just can't do it, man. Wisconsin beat these guys last year, and, and it was by quite a wide, wide margin. And I, I think they're going to do it again this year. I mean, Michigan has literally shown me nothing, zero indication that they're heading in the right direction. Wisconsin is well-rested. They're the team that's 1-0. I like them in Ann Arbor, and, you know, I think it's going to get really ugly in Ann Arbor, Daryl. I think if any fans are allowed in there, they might be booing Jim Harbaugh off the field at the end of the game. I think Wisconsin's going to win this puppy by 10 points. Could we start seeing chants, fire Jim Harbaugh, fire Jim Harbaugh? Could we start seeing that? I think we could. I think we could. Is it possible Harbaugh just resigns? I think so. I mean, I, I, I think he probably is going to stay till the end of the year. But it, it's clear to me that uh, somewhere there's a disconnect. I'm not sure where. I think more on what caused that disconnect is going to come out eventually, but probably not until Jim Harbaugh leaves Michigan. I, I think people in Michigan can deal with Ohio, if Ohio State's better. I think they can stomach if Penn State and maybe Michigan State are better. It starts getting really hard to stomach when Indiana's better. That 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 that, that might be a little bit too much for people. <laughs> I think even at Michigan State better is something they're not willing to stomach. So I think there's a big problem brewing in Ann Arbor. Yeah, I'm going to go with Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's going to pound Michigan. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking like 34, uh, 16, 17 points. I think they're going to pound him, and I, I think it's going to get really ugly. I, I, I feel bad for Jim. This is, but you know what they say: heavy is the hat who wears the crown. And we're going to see this with Jim Harbaugh because I think it's going to get a lot uh, worse before it gets better in Ann Arbor. Now, next up, we have the 23rd ranked Northwestern versus 2 and 0 Purdue. Who do you got winning? I'm going to go with Purdue. They have a tendency to sometimes. Surprise some of these teams. I think they'll surprise Northwestern and win the game. I'm going to go opposite. I'll say they'll do a 23-20. I'm going to go opposite of you. I'm going to go Northwestern 24-27. to Now, next up, we're going to go to the ACC. Notre Dame, 8-0 versus Boston College, who was 5-3. Ben, I'm going to go with Boston College. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go with the upset. This team was up double digits against Clemson a couple of weeks ago. A Clemson team that Notre Dame barely beat. I think I think Boston College is very well capable of pulling up the upset, pulling off the upset, and I think they will. Not so fast on this one, Daryl. Is this I a agree. this is a good upset pick though, Ben? I, I think Boston College is capable of pulling the upset. But I I, I think the fighting Irish were well coached. But Brian Kelly is probably one of the better coaches in college football. I think he has his guys ready to go. They know the situation here. I think they win out, and I think they play Clemson in the ACC championship game. This is probably going to be one of their toughest remaining games. 
I'm I'm looking at it though, and I think they find a way to win late by a touchdown. So next up, we're going to go to the SEC. Sixth-ranked Florida, who is 4-1 versus 3-3 three and three Arkansas. I believe this is like the only SEC game that's not canceled. Uh, ben, what do you see happening? Uh, I see Florida winning this pretty big. You know, I, I think Florida is going to win this probably 45-18. Kyle Trask is probably going to have four touchdown passes. And I think Florida is just going to roll them. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go Florida 45, Arkansas 24. Uh, Florida impressed me against Georgia. Like, Florida's a real team. Uh, I think Kyle Trask is coming of age a little bit. I, I think, and maybe if we talk about him for the NFL, I think he, he might end up being that fourth quarterback that we've been talking about, right? I, I think that Kyle Trask is playing at a very high level, and I think they're going to step on the necks of the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, and more Heisman love for Kyle Trask. Now, lastly, we have the 11th-ranked Oregon Ducks versus Washington State University. I'm going to roll with Oregon in this game. I don't think it's going to necessarily be a blowout, but I think Oregon wins comfortably. I think they'll win by about 12. I'm looking somewhere in the neighborhood of like 42 to 30. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Oregon. Uh, I think they're going to dominate. Uh, I'm going to go with Oregon by at least 20. Uh, just too much speed. I, I think just too much speed. I think they're going to overwhelm. I think they're going to overwhelm Washington, and I don't think this game will end up being particularly close. And now we also have this. The 20th-ranked USC Trojans versus Arizona. <laughs> ben, come on, come on. Who, who's the who's the coach for Arizona, Ben? Kevin Sumlin. Well, what do you think of Kevin Sumlin? Big Game Sumlin. You know that's what they call him, Big Game Sumlin. If there was ever one guy who could tell you that he's not going to get the job done, <laughs> and that 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 is going to be true this weekend too, Arizona could have a fourteen point lead at halftime, and USD will still find a way to climb back in in the second half and win, just like they did last weekend. If they can do that against a Herm Edwards coach team, they could definitely do it against a Kevin Sumlin team. I think they'll start out slow. I think USC USC might even trail at halftime, but. Ultimately, I think they're walking out of Tucson with a win, Daryl. There's no doubt in my mind about it. <laughs> ben, you're such a Kevin Sumlin. Why do you hate Kevin Sumlin? He beat the Tide in Tuscaloosa for your Aggies. He did a couple good things for the Aggies, but then <laughs> everything went downhill, and it was just it was like a dark period in Texas <laughs> football history. And quarterbacks started transferring randomly. <laughs> We lost Kyler Murray. We lost Kyle Allen. They're both playing the NFL now, by the way. Kenny Trell. Um, oh, yeah, Kenny Hill. We lost him, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kevin Sumlin mismanaged Johnny Mansell. Kevin Sumlin has also done nothing since he arrived in Arizona. Yeah, this isn't even close. feel kind of bad for the Arizona fans. You, know, <laughs> you want the teams in your home state win, but... Ain't going to happen this weekend. Well, I'm going to go with Kevin Sumlin 
Big Game Sumlin. We're going to start it right here on this podcast. Big Game Sumlin. Eventually, I'm going to get Ben to sing this with me. Big Game Sumlin. Big Game Sumlin, Ben. We're both going to say it together. Want to say it with me? I'm not going to say it with you. I still have some dignity, you know? <laughs> well, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with them pulling it out. 28-30, to 30, a maddening college football game. And that recaps week 11 for college football. Uh, ben, I want to thank you for coming on the pod, man. I appreciate it. Anytime, Daryl. Thanks for having me. And once again, I want to thank Ben Karen, host of the Sports Squabbler podcast, uh, for coming on the show. I always appreciate when uh, Ben comes on. As I said, uh, to start the show, uh, on the Monday episode, we're going to have Kenny Sim, scouting expert for 247 Sports, and we are going to recap everything uh, with Week 10 of NFL action, so you're one going to stay tuned for that. And if this is your first time uh, listening to the pod and you haven't left a review yet, leave a, re- a review on uh, Apple or iTunes. And if you, for some reason, don't like my podcast, it's like, how could that ever happen, right? In any world, how could anybody not like my content? But if you don't, uh, do what your mom told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. But I'm sure you guys all have great things to say. First time listening, click the follow, the subscribe button. And I want to thank all of you and on everybody on WJC, the radio station, for tuning into this episode, the 223rd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.